welcome to the Vet SOS Show brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. I hope you are ready for some serious knowledge bombs. We got a great guest today with us, uh, Monty Montgomery. He's going to be sharing all kinds of great things with us. It's going to be so great talking to him. As always, I'm here with my partner, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and joining. Get ready for those knowledge bombs. We got a ton today. So uh, buckle in, strap in, and uh, get ready. Absolutely. We want to make sure we thank everybody who's been pairing their channels with us when we broadcast the show. Uh, please continue to do that. A great opportunity to put out some uh, live content on your channel at the same time that we're airing it. So if you have any questions on how to do it, please message us with hashtag pairing and we'll let you know exactly how to do it. So with no further delay, let's get into talking about Monty here. Monty is a no-nonsense, enthusiastic military professional, strongly built, uniquely connected uh, your company to military professional talent. He has more than a decade of experience helping the underemployed and unemployed uh, with finding meaningful employment. He has 18 years experience in solving traffic uh, sorry, staffing concerns for companies in military. Uh, currently as the director of business development at Fusion Cell. Fusion Cell operates with a team of top shelf talent themselves with over 150 plus years in civilian staffing and 150 plus years in veteran recruiting. Monty also serves as an ambassador for Mission 22, a healing organization for veterans in their time of need. And he's going to tell us about some other great opportunities he's got coming up here later in the show. Monty, how are you doing this fine day? Well, you know what? It's early morning over here, so I am actually, uh, you get the best version of me. Nothing has tarnished my day at all. <laughs> right on. That's outstanding. That is outstanding. Yes. Always good to start first thing in the morning when everybody's fresh and happy before uh, any sure. anything in uh, life can happen or Murphy comes a visiting. Mark and I are quite familiar with Murphy's visits. So yeah, yeah. We'll see where he shows up today. <laughs> Um, all right, so tell us a little bit about uh, about you and how you got involved in supporting the, the veteran uh, community and, and, you know, what really draws you to doing that kind of work. Yeah, I think um, I think my transition experience on its own is what really sort of catapulted me in here in, into this uh, space or, or, or having these kind of actions, I guess. I'm a 23-year Air Force veteran. I got out in the middle of that. Um, worked in our own company, you know, built that up and watched it fall apart. So I've got kind of, kind of a, a different level of appreciation for the uniform, stepping out of it and then stepping back into it. And um, I kind of know what the transition was like twice and it was hard. And uh, really what, what brought me into perhaps having a tiny little voice in, in our community was the project that I did last year. It was 10 to 15 hours for about 48 weeks that I dedicated each week to military spouses and veterans and transitioning service members, and sometimes to include their of-age dependents. But um, the, the point of the conversations were is, was these folks reaching out from, for whatever reason, either I reached out to them or, or they found me. And we had conversations and we just simply talked about um, what was coming up or what was imminent. Like some of these folks were like 30 days away from getting out. Um, and this is what, if you want to know what the root cause of what put me out here as, as somebody that, that makes a little bit of noise for our community, it's this, this experience, this circumstance. It was like every single one of us that were transitioning to include our military spouses, they were handed this basket of garbage of problems to solve. And if I reached into a hundred different baskets, 
there was a 90% chance that I was going to grab the same problems out of each one of those baskets. And so that led to some different things that we'll talk about later in solving those problems. But what I did not want is I did not want a veteran or a military spouse um, floundering around in, in not knowing where to go. We all know there is a significant portion of organizations and people out there that want to help. And some of them are just fantastic and they come from great places. But if we really get after what is producing results, what advice works, and, and, and it's different for everybody. So I'm certainly not saying one set works, but which organizations that are out there to help us are producing results and would be good for this particular individual's needs. And so that's what I started navigating. And that's what jumped me into this space. And, and uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I have lost the concept of having a job and feel like I now have a purpose. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, that is awesome um, so um tell us a little bit about your experience um with maybe your own transition right and uh what you went through i'm an air force guy so uh and thank you for your service um i was a medic in the air force and i did four and out so mine was certainly much different than what sean's going through everybody's is a little bit different so what was it yours like mine i was one of the guys that felt like um I was aggressive enough, tenacious enough, capable. I was a, a talker. I can communicate. I was going to interview fine. And it led me to believe I was going to be fine. I didn't have a whole lot to worry about. And what I found going through that project last year is, is uh, we might not all vocalize that, but there's a lot of attitudes out there that suggest that they think they're going to be fine. Um, and that that is... Um, sort of a powder keg of, of mistakes because you, you, you stop being genuinely curious and you stop doing the kind of research that you need. And some of this attitude is being fed through our transition programs right from the very get-go. And certainly mine was. I'm listening to the, the kind of folks, you know, maybe they're a GS9, GS10, and they've never transitioned out of the service, yet they're teaching me my transition course. And so I, I was listening to what they were telling me and, and it just sounded easy. It just, it just didn't sound like I should be overly concerned. Um, and fortunately or unfortunately, I, I think the fortunate part is I'm hearing this across the board that, that, that our transition programs get us about 50% of the way there. They get us talking about the right things and engaging in some of the right things, but that other half, that other very huge component is the one that will produce the actual results. So Mark, that's, that's sort of where my transition started. I'm going to be fine. I'm good. I, I, I can talk, I can communicate. I know how to run a business. I've done all these things in the military. I'm going to be okay. And so I started poking around out there because the way my decision to leave the military came up is I woke up one morning and it was the first morning in 20 some odd years that I did not want to put the uniform on. It never happened to me before. And I'm fairly self-aware in, in, in a lot of areas, at least in my more mature years here. And uh, I just knew that that was the first sign. Everybody says that, that, you, that you know when you know when you don't know until that moment comes. Well, that was my moment. And uh, I wasted no time. I literally walked in and said, I'm done. Um, I'm retiring. Let's get my replacement hired. Let's take care of this person re really quick. And then I'm out. And I did just that. Um, so I didn't leave a, a substantial amount of time for preparation. The one fortunate component, Mark, was SkillBridge. And SkillBridge um, yeah. is obviously becoming wildly popular. Major organizations, the Amazons, the Walmarts of the worlds, the DynCorps, the, the Raytheons, they're, they're all building a skill bridge program because of how much return on investment it has for private sector as well as the individual veteran. And, and so grateful that military spouses are now being included in that. So skill bridge is what saved me. If I didn't have skill bridge, who knows where I would have would have landed. 
Um, and it was the Ooh. power of, yeah, it was the power of networking that, that kind of got me at Fusion Cell. There was a gentleman that I'd interacted with many times over the, the previous decade as we served as, as state superintendents and national program managers in the Air National Guard. And so we had a conversation and that conversation led to, well, why don't you try us on? Um, so I, I signed up for a skill bridge with Fusion Cell. Fusion Cell is a full service staffing company that leverages veteran and military spouse talent out to corporate America. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, great. I'll be a recruiter. I've done that before. This is, I'm good. I'm safe. And so I get on the phone with uh, the, the COO, Matt Morrissey, and he's talking with me. We go through a series of interviews and I meet several people throughout the company. And long, the end game was that my job offer came in as a business developer. And I was somewhat confused, you know, um, here I am going into business development, which is sales, which isn't too far removed from recruiting, but the actual tasks and what I'm doing is very far removed. And so I, I was pretty intimidated um, because I didn't take care of myself during the, that transition period where you have the economy of time. And what I'm referencing is before you get out, I didn't have a whole lot of other options. So I, yeah. I, of course I took it. I did the skill bridge component. I learned what business development was. Um, and as I started to go through that, I'm engaging with all kinds of veterans. I'm figuring out what this LinkedIn thing is. Um, thank goodness I figured that out quick because the power of it is incredible. So if there are transitioning service members out there who are discounting its capability, you're making a mistake. But uh, I'm going to drop a big one on that. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guy. that uh, th that is single-handedly beyond SkillBridge. SkillBridge, I think, is still the most effective transitioning tool we have out there. Uh, LinkedIn, if if not on the same level, is just barely below that. Um, so anyway, I, I will, if I can interject, um, I just want to, to the audience say that is 100% true. And what we're seeing is military and educators. Those are probably the two industries that probably have the most severely lacking LinkedIn profiles or skills. Um, so if you're listening and your LinkedIn is not where it should be, be sure that you're getting help with optimizing it, making sure that the metrics yeah. are there, that the, you know, the algorithm is being um, worked, that you're on LinkedIn. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I'll say the mill spouse and veteran spouse community as well is probably underutilizing that. Um, my, my wife being one of them, she, she is fighting me tooth and nail on building that profile. <laughs> oh man, don't get her on the phone with me then. Uh, I may need to be in the doghouse. <laughs> I mean, you said so many things in there that were just absolutely amazing and, and ha have been echoed by others on the show, you know, like the importance of the the skill bridge. You know, I'm doing Hiring Our Heroes is the, the version I did, and I'm doing it right now. It's phenomenal, uh, just the whole experience. And then, of course, the, the LinkedIn piece, crucial. And, and you don't have to get as active as some people, but you got to have a, a presence. Mm -hmm. and, and you got to, you know, get out there and try to meet people. And, I've yet to have anybody just flat out, you know, be rude to me. I and mean, I don't want to connect with you. And, you know, if they don't want to connect, they don't want to connect. But, you know, they're not rude. They're not going to hurt your feelings. You just move on to the next person. And but the yeah. biggest thing is you get those those um, informational interviews out, of it. you know, talking to people to find out. I, I was able to cross so many things off the list. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing yes. that. You know, so it, it, it's just huge. Um, and then, of course, the, the thing that we've probably heard almost every single episode was that the transition program is really it's it's the baseline it is literally you know you get the the bare basics it's your minimum pt score on the pt test you know 
but it, yeah. it, it's required to do. And, and there's some good information. But like when I went through, I was fortunate to be in the senior course. And most of those guys were just concerned about getting out and getting home. They didn't even care about the information. So a lot of our classes got cut even shorter. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Especially well, the, the BA brief. The questions are poor. The crosstalk is poor in those environments. Um, it's it's really unfortunate. You know who suffers the most is our junior enlisted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was, you know, to that point, I was going through all of my, you know, my sea bag and, and all my stuff and pulling pictures and trying to find some of that for some collateral for the show in our website. And I found this. Oh, my goodness. Is that coming through straight? Is that coming through straight? Can you read that? Yeah, it's just it's, backward. It's, oh, it's flipped, backward. but I recognize okay. it. It's the <laughs> September 1997 pre-separation guide. That's what I got when I exited was, was this. It was, it's about that thick. Yep. It's all you need. <laughs> I'm glad all your problems were solved. That's good. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect transition. <laughs> so you told us a little bit about fusion cell. Sounds like an amazing organization doing great things. Um, I know that you are an ambassador for Mission 22. Can you tell us a, a little bit about Mission 22? I can. Mission 22 is is really a very organic, grassroots, almost uh, regionally or even locally ran groups. And so what Mission 22 is set out to do is to do anything that impacts suicide rates. End of story. And so it can be as simple as something that I've done, which is holding a sign on a busy street that says, if you're a veteran and you need to talk, I'm here. And, and literally just standing right there, you would be surprised at the engagement that you get from something that simple. And so the, the heart of that particular mission is to give somebody a place to fall and sometimes falling on top of another veteran or falling into another veteran that um, can just listen and just be a sounding board. And, and there's, there's some really just organic moments that happen with that, where you're, you're listening to a story that um, either there, there are suicidal thoughts there are plans, there are failed attempts. And when you hear these kind of stories about a, a mind space that's gotten really, really dark, there's two things that happen. You are personally affected. You are enlightened to the burdens of others and you're exposed to a, a opportunity to listen in a way that is both uncomfortable and just incredible. And you can push these folks to resources. You can push these folks to groups. And what Mission 22, I think, does really, really well is at the what seems like sort of the entry point of these dark mind spaces. They, they seem to show up. And then you get these, the, these groups and you can send them to equine therapy, one of my favorites. Or, or you can send them to an outdoor excursion with, with knuckleheads like me where I just feel like when you get out in nature, it just knocks the rust off the soul, right? And, and you sit into a situation where you're free to, to sort of speak about your pain or your fear or, or your misgivings or um, things that you've lost that you can't, can't ever get back. Those things tend to come out. And, and Mission 22 often has people in place in locations that are just um, both random and very planned and give, place, give, give somebody a place to, um, to download. And that's, so that's it's, it's not a... You know, it's not a medical facility. It's not, it's nothing. There is no facilities. It's, it's, it's our community being available to our community. That, that is, that is awesome. And something very, very necessary. Um, I'm sure you saw the recent reporting about the, the numbers and the possible um, 
mislabeling and um, just miscalculation of numbers, you know, could be as high as, you know, 44 a day, if not higher. And uh, it's just a shame. We got to definitely do something better. So I'm glad you got groups like Mission 22 out there. Well, Mark, I want to I want to drop just one tiny thing. We're, we're in a very unique time period. And I think the topic that we're talking about is affecting a few other things as well. So we're in the post 9-11 component where all of our post 9-11 people that were called to service are retiring or they're already out. So the last great big call to service, the, the big moment of red, white and blue, where our brand was all over the, the, the country and, and, and communities and neighbors were talking in ways that that they never had in a long time. We haven't had a call to service since then. We haven't had an, a, a large um, emotional pull on the heart. And so we're going to see a veteran community that is going to leave the service, not with less appreciation or community awareness or things like that, but we're going to walk into a workforce that is also being built by post 9-11 folks. And so the, the call to service and the exposure to military folks is, is even lower. And I think that increases the likelihood of, of, of some issues that are coming out there. And it, it also impacts real day recruiting because now we don't have our community going out there and telling a really great positive story. Um, we don't have that big, you know, cut me open, I bleed red, white, and blue thing. So I think full circle, like the, the more that we can dive into this and impact it. And I would imagine our suicide, suicide rates go through seasons. Um, I hope, I hope, there's some things going on behind the scenes. There's things doing at, at local levels, trying to discover these seasons and what triggers those. And what are we walking into right now? We're walking into the holidays. This can be one of the most loneliest and dreadful seasons in, in somebody's mind space that might be thinking about taking their own life. And, and we need to be aware of that. Often the person that needs the most help makes the least amount of noise. Now, I know that... Um... Mission 22 also, and I was reading that you guys do a lot of work with, you know, PTSD, trauma disorder, things like that, that veterans are dealing with. Um, and there's, you know, obviously that link. Um, somebody had mentioned to me, I think it was yesterday, actually, um, they had asked about um, veterans in, in use of, what was it, EMDR? Um, are you familiar with that? Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing? I've heard of it, but if you were to ask me to speak smart on it, it would go poorly. I'm just wondering, like, what are some of the other ways that you guys are helping treat, you know, those or not that you guys are treating, but, you know, help supporting the treatment for those folks that are dealing with trauma and PTSD? Well, organizations, that's a big link, right? Yeah, well, organizations like Mission 22, they develop very robust partner ecosystems. So there's there's very unique. There's also stages in 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 the. Uh, sort of I'm gonna take my own life process. And so there's different levels that need to go through that. A combat veteran that has um, really seen certain things throughout combat, their their needs are a little bit different sometimes than than perhaps maybe the, the common veteran that experienced some things in service that may not be directly related to life and death situation, but just as traumatic to them. So there's different partners that these folks will refer them out to. So they've got a, a resource, yeah, uh, or yes. a list of resources that they can partner with. Yeah, Great. I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm I'm on the street corner and I'm I'm talking to a veteran and I don't know what to do. I literally can call our state representative or our regional representative, or maybe they're on site with me, and we can ask about that. And they've got basically a rolodex of of activity that can go 
any direction. And a lot of times if we're doing something that's really local and not on a, on a large regional event scale, um, they have all of the listings of who they should go to right now in that moment, or they can make phone calls right there. And then, and then of course you've got, you know, the national suicide hotline that you can get cranking on right away. But the magic is, is typically the healing veteran to veteran and not having to go to any extremes, but there's a Rolodex and a partner ecosystem that sits there. Yeah. yeah awesome. So important. So before we started, you're telling us about two great initiatives you got coming up. We, we got a, about eight minutes left here and, and I, I definitely want to get into these so the we'll start with mill crew you were telling us a little bit about that so what what is mill crew and, and what do you got planned with that well let me start with where mill crew began i was on a phone with a young lady as well as just a few hours later a gentleman both veterans transitioning out of the service well forgive me she had already been out of the service and she was in her 11th month of job hunting um without without success long story short i i had nothing that fusion cell controlled where i could go put them directly in front of a hiring manager and and uh watch them have success i couldn't do anything they were also in particular fields i just didn't know damn it about them i didn't know anybody in those lanes i didn't know who was recruiting for them and it was the first time that i wasn't able to at least advance a conversation to somebody else that could take care of them better than me and uh, it pissed me off to be honest with you like i i did not like being in that position i didn't like um people giving me some sort of title like veteran advocate or, or somebody that makes noise in our space and not be able to do that. So the idea of Milkroot instantly developed. It was like two o'clock in the morning and this just poured ideas out on a paper. I'm like, how, how can I make sure that never happens again? Um, but how do I keep it in a community that, that I trust, that is motivated and that will honor the original intentions? So the idea was simply this, I wanna bring in every single person who has ever recruited in the military that is now recruiting out in the civilian space. In addition to that group, I wanna to add to that group any veteran or military spouse that may not have recruited in the military, but is now in the recruiting space for corporate America, rural America, tech America, whatever. And so what I did is I put out this video just to test the concept. Hey, I got this idea, what do you guys think? Um, and I don't want to say it blew up, but in my little world, it was a lot bigger than I anticipated. And so what happened is, is uh, we, we sort of made a call to action out there. People started flowing in. I don't know what the roster is now. It's probably somewhere between 75 and 100 active folks that have submitted their, their, their desire to help in this way. And so I went after um, three other committee members, and we'll be announcing them hopefully this week. And so Milk Crew will be launched hopefully right on Veterans Day this particular year. And it's going to be for the community that I talked about. And here are the two purposes. The, the main purpose is to make sure that there is nobody that is in the space to talk to our people on a regular basis, meaning these are active folks that are pursuing military talent, transitioning service members, military and veteran spouses, as well as their of age dependents They'll hopefully never be in a position not to be able to help them and direct them to the to hopefully a perfect person. So if somebody calls me and asks about uh, a tech role and it's maybe it's cyber, I know who to go to, or if they wanna get into manufacturing, I know how to go into it. We have a, a, a platform that's been gifted to us from, uh, we'll mention those next week, but just an amazing organization. And so uh, our, our recruiters that are out here, somebody like me will be able to go into this system, hover over a map, find the location. All these recruiters will pop up out of it. Oh, crap, I know that guy. And I'll grab them and I'll make the referral directly right there in real time with, with all the, the kind of notes. It's, it's going to be really, really powerful. So the first purpose 
is to make sure that none of us ever are put in that situation that I was put in. We want to help. We need to be able to help. This solves that problem. I did not expect it to get as much attention as it did. Um, when we looked at the scalability of this, we're looking at, you know, probably a couple hundred before Christmas. We're looking at a thousand by next year. And the way that that, that scales out, that's about 10,000 recruiters, talent acquisition and sources at the end of 24 to 36 months that will now be in this nucleus completely free. Like there's no, there's no game here. It is just simply free 99 pool of minds, man. It's, it's going to be incredible. And, and the, the committee members that I got on here are, are totally bought in and we really consider ourselves sort of just the driver of the car. That's it. And then everybody behind us will tell us where to go with this thing. The second component of that is, is our national active and reserve recruiters that are out there right now on the streets, trying to replenish our forces what a wickedly tough time to be a military recruiter right now. It's never been easy, but in this particular time with, with very little call to service, um, perhaps one of the most um, robust populations that are not quite prepared for the physical requirements to join the service, it is really, really tough out there. So let's say we grow Milkroot into a, a three, four, 10,000 person organization one of the things that we're going to ask of our members is you're going to spend one hour a month. That's it. Just one hour a month giving whatever you possibly can to our active and reserve military recruiting people that are on the streets right now. That may be just carrying chairs to help them set up an event. It may be positively telling your story or, or just telling your story, whether it's positive or negative, just having a voice out there for this particular community. Now, if we did that one hour a month, that's 52 hours out of one person, or excuse me, that's 12 hours out of every single volunteer, every single year, multiply that by 10,000. That has to be some sort of positive impact. Oh, so oh, that's, yeah. that's what Mill Crude is. Yeah, I got, I've got a connection for you. I'll, I'll leave his name off there. But um, yeah, I got a connection. He's in San Antonio, retired. He's working with um, a big, big company. Um, I won't name them either. It starts with A, A to Z. So um <laughs> I've heard of him. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll connect <laughs> you because he's he's his new position is to recruit, and he's in San Antonio, right, Military City. So it's to recruit veterans to that space. So I think you guys would have some great synergies. Oh yeah, that's what we're looking for. I think there's two more options there too, Mark. Um, once we get our website up and our partnership page, I think partnering with something like Mill Crew would be awesome. Uh, yeah. to, you oh, know, absolutely. to help get the word out. Not to mention our parent organization. Uh, who's sponsoring our podcast is the Who You Know Network, pretty much based out of you know Dallas there. So you know, connecting Mill Crew with Who You Know to to tie in even more to that military side because I know I try to push any transitioning service member I meet over to Who You Know, uh, just because it it helped me so much to really jumpstart what I was doing. Um, so yeah, I think absolutely, fantastic connections there. Well, and, and shameless plug, I mean, one of the things that we do in the Who You Know Network is teach LinkedIn optimization. So yes. uh, for those people that need help with their LinkedIn profiles, um, we've got a proven system that uh, we can walk people through and you know, even guide them and have a playbook for them to be able to plug in a template to their LinkedIn. Yeah. So we're coming down to the end, and I know you got another big one, and this one here I, I'm really interested in. Um, you got the Mill Spouse Summit coming up. Tell us about that one. Yeah, I'll be very quick because I see our timeline here. Um, in the simplest form, I have spent a tremendous amount of time, whether it's through my Mill Spouse Mondays component or, or just genuinely being curious about what, what's going on in that community. 
where this began was I was a really crappy service member to my spouse in the sense that there were many opportunities throughout two decades that I could have supported differently. I could have listened better. I could have chosen her over maybe some of the things that the uh, the uniform services that was asking of me. That was the the catalyst. Um, then, when I be, then I began Mill Spouse Mondays. And uh, then I got to hear stories, both international spouses and national spouses. And the basket of garbage that they were given uh, was was very consistent. So in the in the shortest form, we have another committee and many, many subcommittees being built. If you are a military spouse resource and you actually produce results, we're going to vet this and we're really going to make sure that there's some grit to what it is that they're doing. We're going to pool all of those incredible minds on either a virtual or an in-person stage, probably in DC, with some really high level folks that um, are supporting us to include some high level corporate sponsors. Two goals in mind. One, to develop an international playbook for military spouses, whether you're an wow. E1 spouse or whether you're an 06 spouse. And you're going to have a digital decision tree that will that'll just walk you to the perfect resource. That's and it's awesome. going to be able to communicate as many things as we can. Child care, housing, and of course, a very major one, which is employment. The second component of this summit is going to be to develop a playbook for corporate America to teach them how and why to take advantage of this talent pool. That, that is absolutely amazing. I, I cannot wait to see what you come out with on that one because um, any of us who have, have served uh, and married at the time understand how poorly um, the job market is for spouses. Um, and, and that's just going to be a huge impact one. Um, job, market, job market is favorable. Yep. The structure of how they're hiring their people is poor. Yep, 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 very, very much so. Um, so we got your uh, LinkedIn scrolling across the bottom. Uh, the best way to communicate, uh, connect with you is through LinkedIn. Um, I encourage everybody to at least follow Monty on, on uh, LinkedIn. He puts out some great information. He's got some, some, um, you know, just the Mill Spouse Monday alone is well worth checking out. Uh, then you got, you know, things with Fusion Cell, which is just amazing to watch. You're doing amazing things for the community. We appreciate everything you're doing for sure. Um, as we get ready to close here, you got any parting words you'd like to share there, uh, Monty? No, I will just plug Fusion Cell, full service staffing company loaded with veterans that that speak and think very similar to me. We're just out here to kick ass and take names for this community and partner with, with great organizations. And the last thing that I'll say, because a lot of the folks that will be listening to you will be in this, this transition component or shortly afterwards, uh, when you go and do your networking, be genuine. Be deliberate and be consistent. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, Monty, we, we thank you for coming on. It's been an amazing uh, interview. You, you dropped some serious knowledge on us like we, we knew you would. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the episode. And please make sure you, you follow Monty. And thank you again for tuning into the Vet SOS show. Um, remember, don't drown the sea of transition, but grab the Vet SOS lifeline. Saturday. Oh, 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 I know, I know. I should be morning. But but I'm I'm a little